Hey everybody, it's Pastor Brian, and I am so excited to tell you about two new projects we have been working on here at Bridgeway. The first is Pastor Lance and I have recorded a series of conversations around what we call our Bridgeway distinctives. Now our distinctives are not our core doctrines, they are not our primary areas of focus, but rather they are secondary issues that God has laid on our heart as a church leadership team to say, I want you to give a little extra attention to these matters. And in these purposefully unscripted conversations, they will help you understand who we are as a church and what we teach about these important topics. Check out this clip from one of our conversations. I want to pivot for a moment in talking about the issue of privilege as to scripture. Yeah. Um, and, and we'll get into a couple other things that we believe why this is scriptural, but there is one particular thing that God laid upon my heart that it was so important to me that I wrote a manuscript mm -hmm. on it of a book. And it all comes out of the book of Philemon. Mm -hmm. And in the book of Philemon, we, we read a real life story. Uh, we have to kind of put some of the pieces in there where a runaway slave uh, basically came into Paul's ministry in one city. And he was, the whole book is him writing a letter back to the slave owner on behalf of the runaway slave. So, because once again, racism and slavery and everything was a very real issue in scripture. You're going to find out racism is all over the place and it's not just a black white thing. It's, right. there's, it's very nuanced. But in this book, what was so important to me was that Paul the Apostle saw that he had a privilege that Onesimus, the slave, did not. Mm -hmm. So he put his reputation, which gave him privilege. He put his money, which gave him privilege. He gave all of that on the line to say, hey, if this man owes you anything, I'll pay his bill. And I want you to receive him as a brother, and I'm gonna come in, and I want you to kind of treat him like me, and I'm gonna be pretty disappointed if you don't. Yeah. I mean, he was putting so much on the line, he did not need to do that, but he felt that it would not be Christ-like if he did not. Yeah. And so I was so captivated by that book and just the writing and studying I was doing of that, it was all about that every human being, regardless of race, regardless of ethnicity, regardless of anything, we all have privileges it just means in different areas. Yes. So what, what I believe that we should probably look through the eyes of privilege is saying, okay, so if everyone has them, you just got to figure out what yours are. Yeah. They're really called benefits. Yep. And how can you use that benefit for the blessing of someone else? Yes. Now, so the fact that I am middle age, which is... Um, <laughs> I would always love to say that I'm younger than that, <laughs> but I am not. So... Middle age, it's so interesting because I didn't do anything to earn that. It's a stage of life. Yeah. But what's intriguing about that is I have a certain benefit from being in that stage of life. Yeah. For example, um, I had many years ago begun to have a home. Yeah. Well, now we've been paying on it a really long time. So now we have a much more secure environment. We have had an opportunity to raise our children. I now have a flexibility. Yeah. None of those should I feel weird about saying I have a privilege. Yeah. Everybody's got privileges. Sure. 
It doesn't mean financially. It doesn't mean your life was easy. It doesn't mean everything opened up for you. It meant maybe you have speed. Maybe you have intelligence. Maybe you have the, the benefit and the privilege of beauty. Maybe, maybe you didn't ask or work for any of this stuff, yeah. but somehow you got it. Yeah. And if you have it, how do you bless with it? And we can live our lives with the mentality of what do I not have? What do I not? Why have? Do I need to be yes. the focus of that? And I think I think your your point is so wonderful for for anybody of any, you know, male, female, any ethnicity, yeah. any age, whatever. I think instead of going, okay, well, why am I lacking? Yes. And why are or why are people like me lacking? Yes. To go, what privileges do I have? And instead yes. of being somehow threatened by naming my privilege, right. How do I leverage that for the benefit of others? Which is, I don't know, to me, that seems like a more Christ-like approach. I think it's flat out scriptural. And it's, yeah. and it because when people would want to say, okay, so what do you want to do a bridgeway? And we're going to talk about that. Really, part of it is kind of having a, a different mentality mm-hmm. of blessing, help, um, uh, creating environments of safety. Cre- you know, yeah. there, there's a lot of things we yeah. could do. Now, when we talk about kind of God's heart on this this issue. I think I have, I have two questions I want to raise and then sure. we'll, we'll get to some of the practical stuff around, okay, what does this look like at Bridgeway? I, I think there, there are two questions. Number one is, okay, we talked about uh, the, the book of Philemon and, and that example, but kind of the biblical evidence or, or the, that suggests that these types of matters of, of justice and, and, and racial justice are, are in fact close to God's heart. And, and then I think, how do we, what do we say to those who would say, well, uh, this is a distraction from the gospel or it's political or, or whatever the case may be. I, I know those are common arguments and I, and I think there's, they need to be addressed without being just right. flat out dismissed, That's but correct. rather to, I think there needs to be some correction in terms of like, no, well, this is really what, what it's about and, and what it's not. So yeah. uh, let's start with maybe the, the, the Bible element of it and then get into the, you know, how, how do we respond to those other, you know, types of comments? Yeah. I, uh, so first of all, when, um, when Paul begins to address uh, a bunch of things, you have to look at the context of his reality. His reality was Rome dominated everybody. Everybody was under someone else and that slavery was a massive part of the Roman Empire. It was a significant, not only percentage, it was the essence of kind of their economy. Yeah. And it was not the chattel slavery of America. Right. It was a uh, much more ancient kind of uh, indentured servanthood kind of vibe. It doesn't mean uh, that they did, that the master did not have ultimate say. Um, life and death power. It was a very scary for some and a, a tremendous blessing for others. Yeah. So I, I don't want to say that it's the same situation. But what was interesting about it is that Paul the Apostle begins to just talk about it as if it was normal. Yeah. And he said, while this is occurring, how ought we act? He was not saying he was pro. He didn't even say at that moment that he was anti. He said, while we're in there, if this is society's design, masters, you better act like Jesus matters. Yeah. Slaves, you better act like Jesus matters. Yeah. All right, guys, let's move on. Now, does that mean he was diminishing the value and he didn't want it to block the gospel? No, no, no. He was handling all sorts of stuff. As I said, later on, he actually tackles this particular issue, even if he didn't. The whole concept of the priesthood of all believers, the equality of mankind and womankind, the way that Jesus involved people, back then they were in such an international 
reality because they were in kind of near the cradle of civilization. They're in the Middle East. There was so many trade routes coming in. They weren't as concerned about color. They weren't, they had so many mixtures, but don't get me wrong. There was racism everywhere. The very idea that one of the first things that split, that could have split the early church had to do with the Hellenist Jews against the Hebrew Jews. So in other words, you had Greek speakers and you had Hebrew speakers. One was getting more help than the other one. That was clearly bias. So one of the things that could have broke the church open was racism. And um, there is so much in scripture about do not value someone less. And, And I just think the heart of God is overwhelming in scripture, that if you see that, that would be deemed injustice. Yeah. And you find that God's heart, what ought we to do? Micah 6, 8, right? You know, uh, but to, to act justly, right? To love mercy, to walk humbly, right? You have these, these commands that we're yeah. talking about old school. Yeah. In an era where the the Jewish people were so isolated in their mindsets because they had been really harmed a lot on the outside. Yeah. So you have everything from Jesus talking about the Samaritan, the good Samaritan, and how does that racism operate? Yeah. And it was just one issue after another. And every single story would turn out where he was like, listen, we've got to do better. Yeah. So that that's probably the heart of the the scriptural passage. Yeah, I mean, you look at Jesus himself. I mean, it, I think it's easy to read a lot of his parables and stories kind of isolated. Yes. Okay, well, it's kind of a story, kind of making a point. Okay, but whether it's the woman at the well or you reference the Good Samaritan, so many of these stories so confound issues of, of racism that existed in that yes, day. that's right. And I, I think it's easy, 20 centuries removed and half a world away, to lose the scandalousness of those stories in terms of just how much they addressed racial issues in that in that day. That's and great. it's easy as you're reading on a page to not see that taking place when it's so evident in the life of Jesus that he was interested in challenging racial divisions. And, and like you said, I mean, the book of Acts, I mean, how they navigated these types of issues and it like wasn't always clean, right? No. But they navigated these issues and that's part of how the the early church moved forward. We will be releasing one of these conversations each week and you can find them on the Engaging Culture podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts. And that leads me to the second announcement and that is that we are relaunching the Engaging Culture podcast in 2024. Pastor Lance and I recorded four seasons of Engaging Culture up until 2020. We pressed pause at that time and Pastor Judah and I are picking it up in January of 2024. And in these conversations, we are going to seek to sort through some of the most pressing cultural issues of our time and ask the question, how can we engage these issues with biblical wisdom? So once again, you can find our Distinctives Conversations on the Engaging Culture podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. You'll also find a link in the show notes for this one. And then you can also look at bridgeway.church forward slash Engaging Culture. Be sure to check them out. And we hope that you will listen to new episodes of Engaging Culture coming in January, 2024.